Hello everyone, and welcome. I am your sage in the garden, and this is Thin Air. Um, It has been a while, as always. (laughs) I have been on a fairly lengthy roller coaster pendulum swing of existence. Um, But a lot's been on my mind lately, and I figured I might as well just uh, flip on the recorder and give this a shot. So, uh, where to begin? I know, I kind of feel that a lot of these, uh, or all of these together, all of these podcasts together sort of comprise a story at this point. I started recording them about two years ago, a little over two years ago now, uh, at a time where I had a lot of free time and I was just living very uh, simply and in the garden a lot and... Uh, just sort of pacifying my existence with uh, little projects and pursuits and not really being engaged much at all in the doings of humanity and just getting to enjoy my little eddy, uh, little current on the side of the mainstream and just floating around in circles in my little pool. And then at some point I got uh, swept along in the course of... uh, you know, things that presented themselves that interested me that uh, really did just cater to my passions and rather than um, try to force anything, I just went with the flow and that has sort of been the story of the last two years which have really been a story of engagement and uh, working hard in a business with other people to achieve a goal and now I find myself at a place where uh, it's a lot of rec retrospection and a lot of looking back and uh, just really being puzzled, I guess, at uh, the the presumed outcome of this adventure that I've been on. You know, here I am back in the garden and it is really just ignored and everything is pretty sad and uh, it looks like an early fall and a lot of it just has to do with, you know, the climate and the lack of precipitation and my lack of participation and uh, I always sort of find that my garden is reflective of my own mental health and being in it now it seems pretty uh, pretty on (laughs) on par. Uh, You know the the good stuff isn't getting as much water as I feel it might need yet the whole thing is doing something and that that is uh, what always has to just be embraced is is the thing in the moment. So, uh, let's see. I'm going to try and get this out of the esotericness and into the kind of interesting stuff um, because I don't want to just be, you know, personal diary here. I really, I really sort of approach these with the conception that uh, my experience is everyone's experience and uh, having some uh, background in exploring. Uh, life and philosophy and experience. I uh, just like to think through these things and try and create a a new uh, context with which to to move forward through life. Um, let's see. So, let all right. <laughs> I'm just going to dive in with a couple things that have been uh, lingering on my mind and share them because I think they're interesting. So the first thing I want to talk about is just this thought that has been popping up uh, 
recurringly lately and something that has uh, really sort of surprised me in that I didn't think I would necessarily uh, have found this idea to be as intriguing as it is. But let me paint a little backstory. Uh, essentially, I have a friend that I grew up with pretty much since middle school. And uh, we shared a lot of experiences when we were younger and into college. And then, uh, like several of my friends, we really split and went in two very opposite directions. Uh, he going more into the uh, orthodox, <laughs> uh, culturally um, provided for uh, answer sets for the the what and the how and the whys and uh, going pretty strongly into Christianity and finding amazing experiences there and really becoming um, a person who sees the world through that view, uh, that worldview. And of course, uh, my experience, which is very much uh, experimental and uh, what can we find out? Where is the real... Uh, ground of being, if any, and chasing rabbits uh, down rabbit holes and uh, finding all of these amazing experiences and philosophies and this whole human story that really um, is profound in uh, the human experience in all of its different forms and its different cultures and mythologies and languages and, um, you know, everything that I've talked about in these podcasts, really. So those two uh, directions are pretty opposite because on one, on one hand, uh, to accept Christianity and to um, live in that world is a world of certainty in a lot of levels. And when they talk about faith, it's this faith that I have the answers and I believe the person who's telling me, I believe God and I believe, uh, you know, I have faith that all of this is true and that is real faith. Um, to a Christian is, you know, faith in God and faith in his word and promises. And on the other hand, my uh, worldview is one of complete opposite, um, of a completely opposite uh, perspective in that I know from my own pursuits that there there is nothing that is fundamentally real that you can actually hang your hat on. And as uh, beautiful and prolific as a Bible might be, I'm going to move away from this weed eater. Uh, <laughs> people, people are definitely uh, abundant and noisy. But let's see. So I'm in the garage. It might change the audio a little bit because it's going to be a little bit more um, echoey. But you know, my viewpoint is one of complete uncertainty because uh, it is. <laughs> it really is the fact of the matter that uh, in order to communicate and or in order to think even. In order for our uh, existence, our, our minds and bodies to have any kind of a ground in what is going on, we need uh, a logic and a language with which to think and with which to communicate, which uh, through the process of thinking is taking what is a vast, profoundly deep, undifferentiated uh, continuum. I mean, all of these words are getting to my point that these words just don't work. Um, we, we try and uh, cut out these boxes with which to put concepts and even to say God is to miss the point entirely because in, in saying the word God, you're essentially taking a bucket and that's the word God and trying to keep a flowing river in that bucket. And obviously, as soon as you scoop up 
flowing water in a bucket, it ceases to flow. And that's really our words or those buckets that are detached from the actual thing that we're trying to communicate. And it goes much deeper than that. I mean, we've talked about these uh, concepts in these podcasts about how any logical system, any symbol system, which is the only thing that we have for communication or thinking or computation or anything, um, in order to have a, a system, you have to start with um, basic assumptions that in themselves cannot be explained by that system itself. Um, this is all just a very fancy way of saying there's no way to actually say anything about anything. And so my, uh, my view is one of faith, but in a very different way. It's not faith that we have this, uh, this story and we know it so fully. It's, it's the faith in that this whole thing is so big and beautiful and, f and deep and moving and flowing and changing. And uh, you could look way out into space and see galaxies upon galaxies and you can dive into the inner reaches of your um, mind and the microcosm and all of these places. It's just so big that uh, my faith is in its amazingness and that knowing that I will never have a language system with which to uh, trap it, with which to, uh, you know, use it to catch itself, um, my faith is just in the, the, the power and beauty of that. I mean, all of these words, again, you know, they just, they just melt into nothingness as soon as you try to actually use them. Um, but it's the faith that I don't know, and that is the power. And I don't uh, force situations. I don't presume to know. Uh, and if I do presume to know, it's with the knowledge that that knowledge is <laughs> transitory. And uh, uh, so, again, I'm trying to draw the contrast between these two viewpoints because I want to bring it back together now. Um, so coming from that uh, latter uh, perspective of, you know, the faith in everything and that we don't know, and we don't have to know, and we don't need to know, we just need to be. Um, but the faith in the unknowing. Uh, this is all, again, this leading up to this story that I'm trying to tell, where I was sitting out on the patio of a local coffee shop, and my friend was there, who is the one who um, went into the Christian uh, way of things, and is actually uh, currently acting as a youth, or like a young adult pastor, I guess. Um, someone who catches those uh, questioning, troubled uh, young adults, you know, late teenagers, early 20s, um, that, that very constructively deconstructive period and provides for them this whole symbol system of God and Jesus and this is how it is and this is, you know, this is what the world is. And, I mean, obviously and honestly, that just used to annoy the hell out of me that anyone, especially someone that I grew up with and know enough about their experience to know that they're just a person, um, could come across as uh, presuming not only to know more than someone, but to know uh, everything and to know uh, God so intimately that you can speak with authority on God's likes and dislikes and passions and <laughs> um, rules or whatever. Um, but listening to this individual talk, I heard in what he was saying a lot of familiarity. This language of, uh, you know, we're, my wife and I, we just got a house, and, you know, this is obviously God's plan, and I have more work to do here, and, uh, you know, basically let go and give in to God's plan, and that really was the uh, underlying 
uh, language that kind of perked my ears up. It was this idea of, you know, God having a plan insofar as, you know, every little action, you know, to, to find a good deal on a house, you know, that's part of God's plan. And for, you know, my my young friend to be a spiritual authority to this uh, elder gentleman, who, you know, was part of God's plan and the work that God was doing. And this whole idea, you know, at first uh, appraisal is almost offensive to my sensibilities because it does um, almost 180 degrees uh, turn on what I, uh, you know, have found and uh, resonate with... Um, so here's this worldview where not only do we know the mind and will and intentions of God, but we know it so thoroughly that we can presume to say with certainty that every everything that happens, every event unfolding is part of God's plan and know that fully and faithfully. And that's where this overlap suddenly occurred because thinking about that, the language is very different, and it's this language of certainty, it's putting a name on whatever it is, you know, the, the, the fullest, biggest mystery, and going so far as to presume that we understand it so fully that we can assign its, uh, its values and judgments and goods and bads and, um, you know, that sort of presumptuousness, yet at the same time. When I really started thinking about uh, my basic underlying philosophy, it really is the same in that the language is very different, but the idea of uh, go with the flow and, um, you know, the Tao is really that idea. It is a very different language system because the first, the first statement in the Tao Te Ching, you know, one of the foundational texts of Taoism, the very first passage says, Tao called Tao is not the eternal Tao. So as soon as you say it, as soon as you think it, as soon as you try to contain it, you've already lost it, and it's not the thing you're talking about. Uh, another way to say that would be, you know, God called God isn't God. Because whatever, whatever God is, whatever that word is supposed to point to, is obviously and always much bigger than just that sound, that G-O-D, the God. Um... So the Taoism starts with that from the very beginning, is that we can't know yet, through all of these poems and expressions and, uh, you know, these verses and passages, the underlying message that comes across is that there is a, I mean, these are just my words now, and uh, they obviously are not going to be the full thing, because, like we said, words used are words lost, but... Um, the flow, the flow of the universe, and the thing that it's doing, and going with that, uh, is powerful. Dao de Jing, uh, the second word Jing, is this idea of the power that comes from that flow. And so when you're going with the flow, you have the entire power of the universe behind you. When you're not trying to fight it, when you're not trying to change it, when you're not trying to um, say anything for or against it, you're just, you're just swimming with it. Uh, the power, you know, if you're swimming down a river and you're trying to walk, you know, you, you can't do it. It's, you cannot behave in a river as you would on dry land, and you're going to drown. But if you swim with that w river, uh, not against it, uh, with it, you have the entire power of that river behind you, and you can navigate, and you can move, and you can do all of these wonderful things. And, uh, you know, to me, that is this idea of 
letting go and Taoism being sort of my underlying kind of uh, concept that when something comes up and, uh, you know, another way to look at it is like uh, cutting wood. And when you cut wood along the grain, you know, in the direction that it wants to be cut, you can split an entire board with the tap of a finger. Uh, there's so much potential and power there because of the way things are structured, because of the way things are, that to go with that grain is to have the force of uh, the Tao behind you. Um, and then listening to my friend who was talking in this very different vocabulary saying, uh, you know, I just bought a house and this is God's plan and obviously this is what God wants and I'm doing his work and, you know, this certainty, 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 this is what is happening and this is the facts and this is, you know, my faith and the plan and blah, 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 blah. Uh, at the same time, uh, going with God's plan, how much more Taoist can you get, honestly? Uh, you change those words around and you have the same philosophy, uh, I'm not going to go so far as to say that Taoism is Christianity and Christianity is Taoism. That's definitely not um, the statement that I'm making here, although both of them are going with the flow. Uh, what I'm trying to get at here is that even though my friend is living a very different life in a very different world and that uh, he can step outside and know that that sun is shining for him from God and know that when he buys a house that price was set by the plan of God and this whole... Um, you know, grandfather upstairs kind of worldview uh, is nonetheless uh, the same kind of faith and going with it and having trust in it that I myself practice. So with that, uh, I found myself, just because it was fun, realizing that I could, in most situations, use the Christian vocabulary if I chose to, in that uh, when something was unfolding in a process that I would be normally just thinking I'm going with the flow, you know, this is this is what it is and I'm not gonna force it or go against it, I started finding myself uh, just just out of curiosity uh, using the Christian vocabulary and saying this is God's plan um, for, for anything, for every little thing. It's the same exact uh, basic premise that um, yeah, and, and that really is what was so interesting to me because, like, I've been going on at length about the apparent differences of the of where that faith comes from. So that's the thing that it's this faith in what's going on, and that faith is just arrived at through two different directions. But what it what it really illustrates is that uh, any any extreme pursued to its furthest comes back around. It's really that continuum, just like just like light or, uh, you know, a, a rainbow. Once you've gone through uh, the reds to the ultraviolets, uh, you come back around to the next higher order level of red, but it wraps back around. Red and violet are not separate. They, they touch in a very real way. And so that was sort of the feeling here, is that um, God's plan overlaps with Taoism. Uh, even though you pursue two very different... Uh, courses and thought processes, I mean, to a, to a complete opposite, uh, really, nonetheless, the conclusion was the same, um, just in different language. So that's just a thought that lately has been very interesting to me because, uh, again, being one of my base, basic, uh, I don't know, my, the, 
one of the basic things that I've found and have experienced that makes everything okay and makes everything great. And even when things are bad, knowing that it is just the process unfolding and having faith in that uh, is, is empowering and is wonderful. And uh, not making value judgments, not saying this is good or this is bad or we need to get here or we shouldn't be there. But just uh, going with that process is what has taken me from that garden two years ago back to this garden, you know, the same garden two years later with all of these differences and this whole experience that has unfolded. And so with that said, I want to bring up the next interesting point. Um, because when I started as that garden philosopher two years ago, you know, the sage in the garden I kind of jokingly uh, introed with, uh, my mindset was very much one of you know, rather than being a Pratyeka Buddha or a private Buddha, someone who has gone off the grid and found this information, found these experiences, found this, um, you know, this this way of of action and living, uh, rather than going into that uh, fully and selfishly and just um, retreating into that, really at a certain point, uh, I allowed the the flow that brought me back in with the other people. And rather than try and pursue being some sort of a teacher or some sort of a um, spewer of words, which is what I'm doing now, but hey, it's fun occasionally, uh, instead I just pursued this um, this course in front of me. And really it has been the building of this uh, this website, this technology, this company, this idea. And now I'm going to bring it back to what most recently has been the very interesting part and... Uh, makes me laugh at the same time makes me just really puzzled uh, you know I've been using this word puzzle uh, puzzled because if you're gonna you know whether it's God's plan or it's the Tao uh, the bottom line is to go with the flow to go with it to trust it to have faith in it and that is what I have been allowing myself to operate under and now two years later I find myself having spent two very long arduous and stressful and engaged and tiring uh, years that have brought me away from the creativity of, uh, you know, art and tinkering and playing music and gardening and all of those very simple, enjoying, uh, you know, uh, enjoyable things. Uh, and the, pacif the pacificity of just climbing and doing yoga all the time and being in the sun with no shirt and just feeling strong and healthy and uh, really trading all of that in a sense, um, or at least not doing that anymore uh, because of following this sort of natural path, uh, this natural flow, and uh, creating this uh, this tool. And now the interesting thing is that uh, we've come all the way around and it's starting to emerge that the two primary users of the technology that we've developed that uh, we're going to be not only servicing but actively marketing and selling to are on the first hand higher education uh, colleges and universities and giving them a tool to connect their uh, their communities their students their faculty their larger communities and fund projects and the other one is what we call uh, you know internally mega churches um, so universities and mega churches are these two real obvious users and uh, people who can benefit from the technology that we've been developing. And obviously the higher education, that's that's an easy sell for me and I believe in it wholeheartedly. 
but quite obviously the idea that I've spent the last two years um, working on a project that is now set to empower what for the most part is the most uh, distasteful and offensive use of human thought <laughs> that I could really imagine. These, uh, you know, when we say megachurches, it's these churches that have congregations in the tens of thousands. And uh, the one that always pops to mind is, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're ones that you pass and they're the size of high schools and they have uh, escalators and coffee shops in them. And uh, one of them down in Louisville is literally a Kmart that was next to a Safeway or something. And when those uh, shopping outlets went out of business, they combined the inside. So there's thousands of people going to worship the universe in these gutted Kmarts um, in these huge crowds. And uh, every time I drive past that thing, it's just the feeling that, you know, what I get to sit and feel and experience in the garden and the, the thing I would be teaching should I have... Uh, pursued that sort of, you know, writing books and giving lectures and whatever else, uh, there is no greater antithesis to that statement like I was talking about than a mega church, um, fast food <laughs> religion for the masses. And um, that kind of brings me to this puzzlement. And uh, just through talking through it right now, I mean, I'm kind of seeing and feeling what I've kind of just been going with is... Uh, I'm not going to reject that that is the uh, the user of this technology, and I'm not going to have a um, a bad taste in my mouth that I traded my own uh, luxury and time to create a tool for uh, ideology that I, at some level, you know, just really dislike. Um, you know, I have to see it as the Tao and as God's plan. And it is very just interesting and amusing, really. It just it feels like it is a lesson being taught to me in a in a very direct way. How uh, you know, like like I'm saying, it's it it's these two very dichotomous, uh, you know, differentiated poles of thinking and doing. And one of them is just so uh, enticing and in, in, empowering. And I, you know, I would call that this, you know, connecting communities and using resources efficiently and creating, you know, I'm, I'm a creator. That's what I love. I love taking something and turning it into something else. I love making uh, things with quality. I like to build instruments. I like to, um, you know, make, make drawings and gardens and whatever this thing is, you know, like this, this taking of something and creating and I, you know, community funded this, this website is that uh, power given to more people, you know, the ability to say, I have an idea and I'm going to do this, and to connect with their friends and family, their resources uh, that are there available, but just out of communication, and reconnecting them so that people can uh, do and think and create and that whole concept. And so, you know, higher education, that's empowering that uh, side of things. And college kids are some of the most motivated and... Uh, ingenious, uh, adaptive people that are just motivated and to give them a tool that allows them to say, hey, we're going to build solar panels that are wearable in your clothing that charge your vehicles and like whatever, like, cool, let's do that. Let's empower that. And then because these, these two poles overlap in some strange way, these giant congregations of people who have 
you know, I don't even know enough about them to really make an educated statement about what they are and do. There's just this real feeling of uncreativeness and, um, you know, homogeny and whatever, uh, you know, the thought that these amazing, life-vivifying things could actually be just spoon-fed out in the mass media kind of way, uh, to me is saddening, yet there's that overlap. There's these two poles that both can benefit from the same technology, and my challenge is to say yes to both, and to, um, where I would have driven past a supermarket church and just, you know, kind of felt sickly saddened inside um, for all of those people. Uh, now I'm actually building tools to empower them to do whatever it is they're doing on a larger scale. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a real puzzle. And the only real answer I have is to, you know, when I look at the universities, I can say it's God's plan for these universities to be empowered. And when I look at these supermarket churches and these giant congregations, uh, you know, basically believing whatever is the thing spoken from the pulpit that day, uh, I just have to say, you know, there's the Tao flowing. There is, uh, there is the process happening. And these, these large communities in unison moving are the, move, are the movements of the human process. And that is uh, just as beautiful and empowering, even though they are so distant, I guess, in my, in my appraisal of them initially. So I hope that was uh, enjoyable, um, just to go down that rabbit hole with me, because it really is one of these things that I just, I find myself sitting and thinking. It's like, how, how could this have happened without my, uh, without seeing it coming, you know? And uh, I have to be okay with the, with the, the thought that Although, if anything, my intention would be, and of course my primary intention is to not have an intention that is driving or forcing anything, but if I were to have something like that, it would be to, to write these books and to create these pieces of art that make people think and experience and uh, get this aha of uh, going past the, the words and the symbols and the... And the whatever you know, I mean that is that is what uh, properly mythology and poetry and art and uh, everything that the human mind has created in these in these directions of unfolding. You know, the real the real creative artists, the real poets and musicians, and and those people. You know, their craft is creating this um, almost like a red carpet in front of a bull, you know, the red cloak that draws the bull but then moves at the last minute and gets that bull past uh, the thing that they were once looking at, you know, that is the poetry. And religion being this, you know, taking of those symbols and those, poet those poems and uh, not so much that, uh, you know, go through these things as much as like, here are these things and we're gonna, we're gonna say yes to them and we're gonna do X, Y, and Z because of them and um, you know, in one in one side I see the creative power, and the other side I see the the acting out of uh, larger movements. And it's sort of like uh, a seed is a very creative thing. It takes um, the energy around it, and the nutrients, and the water, and everything, and through that DNA and that uh, that information contained within it, um, basically creating an entire new organism, an entire new uh, 
structure. You know, a tree grows out of this little seed, and that seed is uh, is the create is the creative. That's that's Jesus. That's the Christ. That is the Buddha. That is the the transformative power that the universe has. But once that tree grows, uh, you know, that to me is a supermarket church, and it's all of these cells doing the the one thing that they've been assigned to do through that uh, that whole flow of energy that has come out of that creative. Uh, point uh, of beginning and it's almost to, to look at a tree and say you know all of those all of those cells that are making up the bark like how uncreate how uncreative can you get they're all in there next to each other they're all uh, you know taking in the same molecules and spitting the same things out and they're living and dying and being transported away and uh, the same as the leaves on the tree and all those cells just in those little subdivisions of a leaf you know look at a look at a leaf up close and you'll see a suburb of just uh, packing in these homogenous, uh, similar uh, individuals that all add up to, you know, allowing that leaf to process light and turn it into the sugars that the tree needs to survive or whatever. But, you know, what I'm getting at here is that the tree needs those cells. It needs that uh, homogeny. It needs that structure in order to produce the next seeds. And you might get millions of leaves to produce um, a few thousand seeds or whatever it might be. Um, but uh, the, two, the two go together, I guess, is the, is the bottom line. And it would be foolish of me or anyone to say, uh, I don't want both. I just want the one. I just want the one I like. And I think that goes for both. I think that goes for a, uh, you know, a religious person who is very this is what it is, this is what we're doing, and this is the only thing to do. I mean, to, to deviate from this action and this thought process is to fail completely and to, you know, on one level go to hell, on the other level just to, to cease to exist. But uh, just as much as the creative has to accept that homogeny, you know, the homogeny might never accept the creative but maybe some of them <laughs> can bend a little bit and kind of see that. Maybe not. And maybe that's the whole point, is that uh, they're never going to be the same thing, and that's okay. Um, that is what it is, and that is that is the beauty of of humanity and the universe and growing. And uh, Wow, did I just really con con uh, convince myself to accept and embrace supermarket churches? Uh, mega churches? Uh, gosh, I hope so. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess that, that is a great way to conclude. Um, I'm going to feel okay about this because uh, what I've spent my, my time doing is giving vitality to both the seeds and the plant. You know, the fruit and the, the leaves, the bark, the <laughs> those pieces as well. So, uh, thanks for following me on that. Uh, I felt it was a, a great step in this story, really. Um, because every once in a while, it's just, it's just a matter of kind of checking in and figuring out, uh, you know, how, how and what and letting it all go in the end. You know, that's kind of the bottom line and not trying to, uh, take, uh, well, I guess that's the thing. There is no bottom line. I I take that back. I take everything back, and I give everything fully. Um, and so it's God's plan, and it's the Tao. Uh, say say which one you will, or neither. And uh, yeah, with that, I will conclude and begin.